Tzadik Tesson with Beis, we start in the Mishnah. Elon Shahaya Mesa Chalaaretz. You have a tree that is a ten Tfachim tall at least, and then the branches come down and it sort of covers the area around and around. So you probably have it in the picture here, yeah. Tov Kuf Pei Vov. You have a tree that uh, has the right width and the right height for a Vishusa uh, Yachid. And the point is that because the branches come down three tvachim within the ground, so therefore it's lowered to the ground as if it's fully surrounded with a nice machitza. It encloses the area. So if the branches are not higher than the floor, three tvachim, so the metal you can carry under it. It's a good machitza like a Rishusa Yachid. If you have the uh, roots of a tree that are lifted, are raised off the ground, three tfachim, lo yeshivalei, now let us sit on them. The halacha benigeto a tree is that there's a gzeir of chazal not to use a tree because you might come to pull off a branch. So if you're sitting on something which is um, within three tfachim to the ground, it's not considered to be part of the tree. In picture tofkov pevav also, yeah, you have the sharoshim. But if the sharoshim are above three tfachim from the ground, so that's considered to be part of the, a part of the tree. It's not, it's not the ground. That's a tree that you're not allowed to sit on and use on Shabbos. If you have a massive tree, pretty big tree here, and you have this area, or a few trees together maybe, that is surrounded with this of the branches of the tree, but it's more than more than 100 by 50 amas, which we spoke about many times before. And there's nobody that's living indoors under this tree. So it's awesome. You're not allowed to carry there. My time even if someone could live there, but it's not a permanent dwelling that you could live there. Someone that wants to be outside in the field, so you could live there under this tree, in the, in the, in the open air. Anytime you have a place which is made for dira, for someone to live there in the open air, you can't carry more than Beisosayim. So over here, if it's, if it's so large, that was the Gzeda of Chazal, that's such a large Yashusayachid, you can't carry. If you have the roots that are higher than three tvachim from the ground, so it's considered to be the tree. It's not considered to be a um, part of the ground, so you can't sit on it. Itmar, we learned the following. What happens? You have roots from a tree that go higher than three tvachim, but then it comes back down. Goes back down within three tvachim. Part of it is above three tvachim. It starts off above three tvachim, then it comes down. So you have this in the picture, tov kuf peizayin. So then what's the halach? Eh? Do you go according to the fact that it starts off higher or the fact that it comes down lower? Rabbi says you're allowed to use it. It comes down lower than three tvachim. Rav Sheshesh says no, you can't use these roots. You're using a tree on Shabbos. The Gemara explains the Machlaikis. Rabbi says you're allowed to use it. In that area of the roots which you're using is coming back down. It's within three tvachim to the ground, so it's part of the ground. It's not part of the, it's not a tree. So you can sit on it, you can use it. Avshesh Samar, Avshesh says you're not allowed to use it. Since these roots go up above three tvachim, even though it comes back down, but if you look at where it comes from, before it came higher than three tvachim, so asurin, so therefore it's going to be awesome. Now the Gemara explains the case of where they're arguing. The Domu Kim Shunisa. 
when you have roots that are similar to Mashunisa, which is a kind of a rock that you have in a mountain that has, it's not a smooth rock, a rock that has like pieces coming out of it. That's what this Mashunisa is. So you have a kind of root that also comes out of the ground, but it's not like a smooth root, like, like, like roots usually. Usually roots have pieces that come out of it. Take a look and picture Tovkov Peiches. Right? So you have a root that's uh, protruding from the ground and the root itself has pieces that are coming out of it. There are some pieces that are coming out below three tvachim, some that are higher than three tvachim, and then there's a piece that comes out of this root that's partially above and partially below. So what's the question? Let's see, the Gemara is going to explain. No, no, the Gemara will say everything now. Let's see. Uh, if the, so the klal is above three tvachim, you're not allowed. On the three tvachim, you are allowed to use it, to use it, to use it. Yeah, it's not a branch, it's a root. So the klal is above three tvachim, you're not allowed to use the root or branch. And below three tvachim, you are allowed. But over here, it's not so clear. What happens if you have this root that comes out, it goes above three tvachim, but then there's pieces coming out of this root, and part of it goes into three tvachim. The Gemara says a different part to this. The salkin le'ela, those parts of this root that goes above three tvachim, asurin, going to be asur. Because it's above three tefachim, it's, it's not part of the ground. The nachsen l'satoi, those part of this root that stick out and are below three tefachim, shoru, are going to be allowed. This is below three tefachim. L'tzdodin, the question is, those that are in the middle, as you see here in the picture, that middle piece that comes out, it starts off <coughs> above three tefachim, but it, it hangs down below three tefachim. Over there is the machlaikis. That's the machlaikis of Rabbi and Rav Sheshis. Pluk to the Rabbi and Rav Sheshis. Do you go at the beginning of where it comes out and it starts off above three tvachim? Or do you look where it ends up? That over here it ends up below three tvachim, so therefore you could use it. That's the machlaikis. It's the same, it's a similar Indian. You're right, it's the same thing. But the Gemara is just, huh? The Gemara is just explaining the. Uh, you have to say this is a half. A, yeah, okay. And a Hanami. The Chayre, the Gemara is just spelling out. Huh? Yeah? I don't see. The Gemara is giving a mushal, an example of where you have this. Chayre. The Gemara is here going to give a few examples. Another example. V'chein anigra. The same thing is also with an anigra. What's an anigra? So if you look in picture, Tovkov Peites. So you have over here a stream that's between two fields and inside the stream you have the tree and the tree comes out above the walls of the stream. So where are you going to measure this tree that's coming out of here? Or They have a, a picture of a stump of a tree, it's not even a full tree. If you're going to measure from the ground, so then it's going to be below three tvachim. So it's part of the ground. If you're going to measure from the bottom, inside the stream, so then it's higher than three tvachim. It's not, it's, it's a taller than three tvachim. So where do you measure from? So this is also going to be the machlaikas of Rabbah and Rav Sheshis. Do you look at the beginning from where it starts and therefore it's Asr? Or do you look at the pile where it ends up and therefore over there it's within the three tvachim of the ground? It's another example for the machlaikas. A, th- a third example of the machlaikas. V'cheim bekeren zavis. You have a tree that's positioned in the corner near walls which you have in picture, Tov Kuf Tzadik. So the question is, you want to be able to use the tree that's ending near the top of a wall. So if you look at that part of the tree and the top of the wall, it's within three Tvachim to the top of the wall. So it could be like almost like flush with the top of the wall. But if you look at the bottom, it's much higher than three Tvachim off the ground. So you look at the bottom, so Rav Sheshesh is machmer and says, you look at the bottom, you have to look at the beginning. And Rabbi says, no, we're makel. We can look at where it ends up. And over there, it's only within three tochem to the wall. So another example. 
Now the Gemara brings a uh, incident or a case of a tree that grew inside a house. Abaya had a tree that was planted inside a house. And this tree protruded like in a uh, skylight. It came out from the ceiling of the house. So you look in picture Tovkov Tzadik Aleph. A tree planted indoors and it comes out. So now the question is, if you look at the rooftop, the height of the tree is not more than three Tvachim above the rooftop. So over there, that part of the tree is very, it's almost flush with the ground of the uh, roof. But if you look at the root of the tree, where it grows from in the, inside the house, over there it's much higher than three tfachim. So the question is, the tree on the rooftop, could I use that part of the tree there? Is it considered to be like a tree that's more than three tfachim or not? So what happened? So this tree, Yasef, they asked Rav Yasef about this tree, and he said it's allowed to use, because look at the rooftop. Over there it's within three tfachim to the rooftop. That this that Rav Yosef Paskin that it's allowed, that's only according to Rav. Rav Sheshis would be Machman. Rav Sheshis says, look at the beginning of the tree, and the, be- the tree at the bottom is, is protruding more than three tfachim from the ground. So the Gemara Pshit, it's obvious that this is Rav's opinion, like we just learned. So the Gemara, no, it's not so obvious. I would think that Rav Sheshis would agree here. A fiddle that Rav Sheshis, basic command the Moli Domi. Maybe a tree that's growing indoors, we had many times regarding a house, that when it's enclosed, it's as if that area is filled. And therefore I would say that the tree that's growing inside is not considered to be protruding out of the ground. No, it's like it's covered under, in, inside the house. And therefore, And even Rav Sheshis would agree that you could use the part of the tree that sticks out on the roof that's less than three tfachim high. Kamash Malon, so therefore it tells me that no, Rav Sheshis would argue even in this case. So this is the Machlekes of Rabbe and of Sheshis. Now the Gemara brings our Mishnah and tries to prove regarding this Machlekes. So Tanam, we learned in our Mishnah, Sharash of Gavayim and Aretz Gimel Tvachim, you have a, a tree and the roots are high, three Tvachim, lo yeshev You can't sit on it, you can't, it's, it's protruding from the ground more than three Tvachim, it's not part of the ground. Hey Chidami, what is this Mishnah talking about? If after it protrudes higher than three tfachim, it doesn't then bend down and go within three tfachim to the ground, pshita, isn't it obvious? Just like any other branch that you're not allowed to use, the gzeir of chazal. So why would a root be any different? If the root goes above three tfachim, it's obvious that you can't use it. So it would make sense to say that the only chiddush of our Mishnah is elalav afagav the hadri kifi. That we're talking about roots that comes above three tfachim, but then it bends back down. And the Mishnah is saying that even after it bends down, you can't use it. So this is a question on Rabbe that says that once it bends back down, you could use it. No, it's not a raya. Really, it's not bending back down within three tvachim. So what's the chiddush of a mishnah? You have roots which the ground is not level. On one side, the roots are within three tvachim to the ground, and with one side not. That was the chiddush of a mishnah. Do I have a picture for this? Yeah. Over here in picture, tov kuf tzadik base. So... In one place it's shovel aretz, and in one place it's not. In one place there's an opening, so it has a height of three tfachim. So even though it's... So that was a chiddush of our Mishnah, that if as, as long as it's exposed in one side of the roots, that it's not uh, within three tfachim to that ground, on that side, you're not allowed to sit on it. Even if on the other side it, it is within three tfachim to the ground. You have the roots of a tree that are tall ten, three tfachim, off the ground. Or there is an opening in the ground, three tfachim below. Like you have it right over here in that same picture that we just saw. 
It's a, it's, a, it's, it's a sort of a pit that's dug in the ground, so the roots become exposed on one side, and it's higher than that pit, more than three tvachim, or three tvachim. So even though on one side it's uh, flush to the ground, you can't sit on the roots over there. Because on Shabbos you're not allowed to go on a tree. You're not allowed to hang on a tree. You're not allowed to lean on a tree. You shouldn't go on a tree from before Shabbos. And to stay over there on the tree the whole Shabbos. Echad Elon, this is a Gzeda Chazal made with, with trees, Ve'echad Kola Beheme, and also a Gzeda with animals, not to use an animal on Shabbos. And also, Avbal, the Brice says, however, Boer, Shiach, Umayre, Geder, different kinds of pits, and a cistern, and so on, and a cave, and a, 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 a Geder, a fence, a, a wall, Metafis Vayle, Metafis Vayre. There, there's no Gzeda of Chazal, you're allowed to climb up and climb down. And the, the only issue is a tree. Rashi explains the chiddush of this b'raise is you might have thought that the reason you're not allowed to go onto a tree is because of tircha. There are certain things you're not allowed to do on Shabbos because of extra tircha. So b'raise is saying that's not the reason. The reason is only by a tree because you might come to pull off a branch. But if it's a pit or if it's a wall and so on, so there's no issue of pulling off a branch, so you're allowed to go up and down and on Shabbos. Tani we learned in one b'raise, im Allah, if you went onto a tree on Shabbos, mutilated. So you're there on Shabbos, on the tree, you're allowed to climb down. The Tani Chodon, another Braise, it says, oscillated. If you're on the tree on Shabbos, you have to stay there the whole Shabbos. You're not allowed to come back down. So the question is, what's the halacha? Loi Kashi, it's like the Gemara, it's not a contradiction. And the Gemara is going to give a few answers. One answer is, If you went on to the tree before Shabbos, and then it became dark. So you went on, you went on, you weren't Machal Shabbos, you weren't over on the Takan of Chazal when you went on. So then they allow you to come down. They warned Geyser that you should stay there. If you went on after Shabbos began, you were over in the Takan of Chazal, then there were Geyser that you have to stay there. Ibai Seime, other answer, and both of these braises, he went on to the tree in the middle of Shabbos. If he went up a Shagig, then there's no Knas that he has to stay there. If he went up a Mezid, then he has to stay there. Ibai Seime, another answer, in both cases he went up a Shagig. The argument here is sometimes Chazal apply a knas even by Shegig in order not to make a difference between Shegig and Mezid. And if, you, if people are going to say, oh, I'm allowed to go down, they're going to say, oh, I was a Shegig and go down. The Chazal were Gezer and made Shegig equal to Mezid. And once you went on a tree on Shabbos, you're not allowed to come down. That's the argument here between these two braises. It's interesting, according to the other Pshatim, it wasn't a Machlaikis. It was just saying, Kan B'Shegig, Kan B'Mezer. The Kan B'Shechashecha, Kan B'Bodyayim. In this Pshat, it's saying that it's actually a Machlaikis. Mar Sava Kansinon, or Mar Sava Did Chazal make a Knas, even for a Shegig, that it should be similar to Mezid? These are the two Braises. Now, the Gemara is going to try to say a different Pshat in the Machlaikis of these two Braises, based on another Machlaikis Tanoim. Very interesting connection here. We can say that this is a machlekes tanoim. What is it? Because we learned the following machlekes regarding the mixture of the blood of Karbonis regarding the zrika. Very interesting connection there. If you have blood that only are, the zrika is one zrika. What is that? So Rashi here says that would be a b'chayr. Say it every morning from the Karbonis. A b'chayr is matona achas. 
So you have the blood of a Bechayr, that was mixed together with the blood of another Bechayr, for example, and it's all blood that you just have to give one sprinkle on the Mizbeach, so there's no issue. So then you sprinkle it all once on the Mizbeach. If you have the blood of an animal, let's say a carbon Chatos, so Rashi brings. So you have to uh, do four sprinkles on the Mizbeach. It, w- it was mixed together with another one that Matan Dalet. You know, it's Matan Dalet. So you sprinkle it four times. How about Matan Arba B'Matan Achas? The carbon of four that has to be the, the Zrike four times was mixed together with the one that the Zrike is only once. So what do you do? Do you do the Zrike four times or one time? So this is the Machlaikis here. Yes, I'm Yenosnu B'Matan Dalet. You have to give the zrika four times. No, you do the zrika only once. Now the Gebraise here itself is going to say the discussion between Rabbi Yezer and Rabbi Yeshua, what's the basis of their argument. So, if you're doing only one time, so that animal, the carbon chatos, that has to be four times, the baltigra, the Torah says four and you're doing less. Just like you're not allowed to add, you're not allowed to do less as well. So why, how could you do only once? Rabbi Yeshua, Rabbi Yeshua says back to him, but you're being oven when you're doing four, sprinkling four times, and mixed into this blood is the animal that has to be only once, so you're adding. So either way, there's an issue, either Baltigra or Baltasif. The Isra of Baltigra is only if you have something that's itself. If you have the blood that has to be done four times by itself, and you sprinkle it only once, then you have a Baltigra. But if you're sprinkling it once because it got mixed with something else, so then there's no Baltigra. You're doing it only once because it's a suffix, because it got mixed with something else. Okay, Baltasif, okay, yeah. Uh, did I do it? What? Yeah, okay, say there, okay, so it goes in Baltasif. Huh? says the exact same svara. The iser of Baltigra is only only when the blood is separately and you do less than you're supposed to. So they both have an equal svara to explain why there's no Baltigra or no Baltasif. So what's the basis of this machlekes here? Now the Gemara adds another svara that Rabbi Yeshua said to explain his side. So now Rabbi Yeshua says, I'll tell you why it's better to be over on Baltigra and not Baltasif. If you're sprinkling extra four times, avarta baltesif, you're being over on baltesif, you're being over baltesif by doing an action, by adding and sprinkling extra that you're not necessarily supposed to. However, if you're giving only once, avarta al baltigra, you're being over on baltigra, but you're not being over on any maise. You're being over on baltigra by sprinkling once and then by abstaining. To sprinkle more automatically, even baltigra, but you're not doing an action to do an issa. So therefore, it's better to be even baltigra, not baltasif. So you're even baltasif three times. Okay, true, interesting. I'm not lechayre. Uh, you're right about that. Yeah, good point. Yeah. Okay. So zok to gemara lerabliyazadamahasam So now, what do we see over here? There's an argument in such a situation where you have a suffolk what to do. Should you just do kumva say, should you be masif and try to do the shlemus as much as possible? And you deiche the iser of baltasif, because adarabah, but you, you want to do the mitzvah, but kumva say as much as possible. Or no, 
you say Adarabah, you should abstain and not be over, and you, whatever you have to be over, it should be Beshev al Tasa. So therefore the Gemara wants to apply it here to our case as well. Let some that it's better to go ahead and do the mitzvah, to try to be Yaitzah the Suffolk, Bekumvaseh, ate it. So I could say the same thing over here. What's better? The person should stay on the tree the entire Shabbos. If he's staying on the tree the entire Shabbos, he's, he's leaning on the tree, he's using the tree that Chazal said you're not allowed to use. Elamai, he's not doing an action. He's just staying there. He's not moving. Better that he should walk down from the tree and do an action. While he walks down the tree, he's using the tree and he's doing an action to use the tree. But he'll get off the tree. He'll get off and that's it. He won't have to be in the tree all Shabbos. I, when he's standing on the tree, he's not moving. It's a Sheval Tasa. But Rebbe Yezer holds it's better to take an action to get off the tree. So we could say according to Rebbe Yezer over here, the Braise that said that he can go down is his opinion. Rabbi Shua that says over there that it's better to be over on Baltigra because there's no action being done. So over here as well, let him stay on the tree in the entire Shabbos. Even though a whole Shabbos he's going to be leaning on a tree, but it's Beshev Tasa. He's not taking action to walk down from the tree, so he stays there the whole Shabbos. So that's the connection to this Machlaikis. Is it feasible to stay a whole Shabbos and then you're not about the Shabbos? It's a, a knas. We had a similar thing in the beginning yeah, of Masech the Shabbos when get a person that was over on, and, and, and stuck out his hand to Shusarabim. And there's a certain scenario where you have to hold your hand out the entire Shabbos. And you have to stay there in that position. So it's a knas. Huh? While he's on the tree, every yeah. second he's on the tree, it's like yeah, he's, he's, he's doing a iser. He's, uh, he's using the tree. Yeah, yeah. So the Gemara is going to say that Svar here. So, um, so no, it's not a connection. Dilma Loihi At Kanlekom Rabliaza Hosam Koma say Odif. Why did Rabliaza over there say sprinkle the blood four times? It's better a Kumva say Ella the Kaovid mitzvah because over there there's a suffix and you're sprinkling it four times, so you're doing a mitzvah. That's why it says Kuma say is better. Avalocha the Loyovid mitzvah over here, if he's going down from the tree, he's not doing any mitzvah. Rabbi Shua would agree that he shouldn't come down from the tree. That's one svara, so we can't compare Rabbi Shua's opinion. The mile of kumvase is only if it's a mitzvah. Here there's no mitzvah involved. When Rabbi Shua over there said that Sheval Tasa is better, only over there, to like over the surah, because there's no Isra involved in the Sheval Tasa. The fact that he's not sprinkling another three times, it's not, he's not doing an iser. He's not actively doing an iser. But over here, he's leaning on the tree. Every single second he's using the tree, he's leaning the tree. Why should he be on the tree a whole Shabbos, leaning on the tree, doing an iser? Let him walk down, and he won't be continuing to do the iser the entire Shabbos. So it's better to go down because there's an iser involved. So over there, there's a mitzvah involved, and here there's no mitzvah. And over here, there's an iser involved, and there there's no iser involved. So therefore, we can't compare these two in Yonam. Tani Chadu, we learned in one b'raisa, Echad Ilon Lach, Echad Ilon Yavish. Whether you have a moist tree, and whether you have a dried up tree, you're not allowed to go on to it on Shabbos. Vitan Yidach, in a different b'raisa, we learned, Only if you have a tree that's still alive, it's still moist. That will be Yavish, a dry tree. Mutter, you're allowed to use it on Shabbos. So we have uh, two different prices that say two different things. It's not a question. If the stump of the tree will still, the shoots will come out and it will still grow from it again. So it's not, full, it's not really totally dry. So you're, allowed, you're not allowed to go on it on Shabbos. If the tree is totally dry, there's no branches that are growing out from it anymore, from the stump of the tree. So then you're allowed to go on it on Shabbos. 
That's the pshat in these two braises. If we're talking about a stump of a tree that there are still branches that are growing out from it, that's what the braise meant when it was talking about a dry tree. There are still branches that are growing out from it. That can't be the answer. The answer of the stira is different. It's a difference if it's in the summer or it's in the winter. In the summer, so as Rashi says, in the summer, so then a dry tree is allowed to go up on it because everybody sees the difference between a live tree and a dead tree. You see, it has no branches and all the other trees are growing with, with, with the leaves and fruits. In the winter, though, you can't see the difference. A dead tree and a live tree look very similar. So therefore, they said you shouldn't even go onto a dead tree either. You may confuse the two. But even in the summer, when you're going onto a dead tree, there could be leftover fruits on the tree that by you going onto it, you're causing the fruits to fall down. So it's taka only if there's no fruits. But there's branches from this dead tree that can come off when you go onto it, especially a dry tree, the branches will fall off. It's talking about you just have the tree, the, how do they touch Geduda there? The stump of the tree or the, 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 the bare trunk of the tree without any branches on it. Okay, so that's a dry tree, has to be no fruits, no branches. So like the Gemara, any is this true? Vaharav ikle la fastia. Rav came to this place, la fastia, vaasar begeduta. And he said, even a bare trunk that's dry, you're not allowed to use it on Shabbos. So we see that even this is Osir. So the Gemara says, no. Rav bika motzav, the God We had this in the Msechta here before. That in a certain situation where Rav saw people were not keeping Shabbos properly, so he made an extra gzeda to be gaider together that they shouldn't go on to even such a kind of tree. You're not allowed to walk on grass on Shabbos, you're going to come to rip out the grass. You're pulling out with your feet and you're a sinner. And one b'raise it says, You're allowed to walk on grass on Shabbos. And another b'raise it says, Also, that you're not allowed to go on grass on Shabbos. It's not a question. When you have, uh, when you have uh, moist grass, which is properly connected and still growing, so that you're pulling it out. If it's already dried up, so then it's not an issue. If you, you can walk in on Shabbos. Another answer is, In both prices, it's talking about moist grass. It's not a question. It's a difference if it's in the winter or it's in the summer. Another answer, both of them are talking about in the summer, and you have the grass that's growing properly. It's a difference if he's wearing shoes or if he's not wearing shoes. If he's not wearing shoes, so the Rashi says, the grass gets stuck between the fingers of your feet and it pulls out the grass. But if you're wearing shoes, it doesn't get stuck and you can walk smoothly on it. Another answer, in both cases, you're wearing shoes. If your shoes have spikes, so then it pulls out the grass. If it doesn't have spikes, it doesn't pull out the grass. Another answer, in both cases, your shoes have spikes. If you're talking about very short grass, so it doesn't get entangled in your spikes. But if you have uh, grass or weeds that are growing and it's taller and it gets entangled, so then it's an issue, then you're not allowed to walk. And the Gemara concludes after all of this, 
Now that we pass like Rab Shimon, what does Rab Shimon hold? That a Dova She'eim is Skaven is allowed. So you're walking and you're not even being Mechaven to pull out the grass. Kulu Shari. You're allowed to walk on grass in all of these cases. But as the Rishonim and the Paiskam all say here, that that's only in a case that it's not Psikresha. If you know for a fact that you're walking with such kind of shoes in a way that it's definitely going to pull out grass, then you're not allowed allowed. But in any other case, when you walk on grass and it's not sure that it's going to pull it out, it's Eina Miskaven and it's completely Mutter. The Gemara now brings the same postic we spoke before and adoptions it in a different Indian. A person is not allowed to force his wife for Dvar Mitzvah, the marital relations. If it's not done willingly, if he's forcing her, you're not allowed. A person that's forcing Biraglayim, which the Gemara here learns is going on the Mitzvah of marital relations, he's a Chaita. If a person forces his wife, He'll have children that are not mohogonim, that are not uh, appropriate, not proper. What's the source for this? That it affects the quality of the midis, of the children. If it's done without consent, then the nefesh of the child is not, doesn't have good midis. Tanya Namiyachi will learn the same thing in Abraisa. Gam beloid das nefesh leitoiv zeakoyfish to lidvar mitzvah that he forces his wife for this mitzvah. Ven vaots beraglaim chayte the pasuk we brought before this Abraisa dashes it differently. Ze haboyel v'shayne that it's negative if a person has marital relations twice, one after the other. Is that true? Is that a problem? Is it true? If a person wants to have children, so he should be boiled once and then again. So we see over here that it's a positive thing. That this is what's guiding that there should be the Isha Mazra Astchila and the Isha Mazriya later, as Rashi here explains. So it's a good thing. If it's done with the consent of his wife, then it's okay. And if not, that's what the Braissa was saying, that it's not good. If a woman is uh, demanding from, uh, from her husband for the Dvar Mitzvah, for the marriage relations, so then I'll have children. Such great, such good, such great children that even in the generation of Moshe you couldn't find such children. What's the what's the right to this? When they were looking for the judges, so there had to be all these qualifications. They couldn't find nevainim. But what does it say by Leia? Next week's parsha. Leia goes out to Yaakov Avinu. and she demands and she says, tova, you're coming with me. I hired you for tonight. I paid for you for tonight." That's what she said. Demanded She demanded. and then it says, "Who was born?" So we see that she had, as a result of this relation, she had a child, Yisachar, and from his descendants it was Yehdei Bino. Even though in Meish Rabbeinu's times you couldn't find Nevainim, but he had Yisachar later that came from this, uh, from Leah. Is this true? Yitzchak Baravdimi said that a woman should not demand the pair. There were ten curses that Chava was cursed after Chetei Tzadas. 
and the Gemara here brings them. That I will, I will multiply. It'll be a lot. Hey, what is this harba harba referring to? The blood by a woman. The blood of Nida. And the dam psulim. This is the two clawless of Chetet uh, Tzadas. And then it says harba harba etzvayneich. What is etzvayneich? Is etzak gidel bonim. The pain of raising children. Heirayneich. The pregnancies, the pain of the pregnancy. The pain of birth. Your desire will be to your husband. That a woman has a, a chukka to her husband when he goes out on, her way, on his way. And then the Pasik says, and this is what's Nagaya here to us, the stira, Vuhu Yimshul Bach, and he will rule over you. A woman her demands, she keeps in her heart, and a man could be Tevea, could demand from his wife marital relations with his mouth, but not a woman. And then the Braisa concludes. This is all uh, from Rav Yitzhak Baravdimi. Zuhi benoshem. This is a good uh, attribute for women that they should not uh, demand uh, verbally. So how did we say before that if, you, if the woman demands that that brings good children? All it means is not that she's actually demanding, but she's appeasing him and she's beautifying herself in front of her husband in order to, sit, in order to get him to do the mitzvah. Then she's going to, to have good children, but not if she's actually Tevea Bepeh. Now the Gemara goes back to what we said, that there were the curses here, the curses of Chet Sadas, and it said that there were ten curses. So if you counted the curses, there were only seven. Hani Sheva Havyan. There are only seven curses over here. There's, you don't have ten here. Ravdimi came and said, there's another three. She wraps her hair around. She has to cover her hair like an oval. She separated from all people. The Gemara will explain. And she stays in her house almost like being in a prison. And now she says, because it says, <coughs> so a woman stays inside the house. But the Gemara explains, What does it mean that she's separated from people? She's not allowed to be misyached with another man. Yichud is also for the man and for the woman. Why is that considered to be a klala for the woman? The fact that a woman is not allowed to marry two men. A man could marry two women, but a woman can't marry two men. That's part of the klala of Chetet Sadas. In a braise it says more details of the claw of a woman. Women have long hair, kililis, and it's similar to this shed, it's called lilis. Yeshevis and mashtenis, when they have to urinate, they have to sit. Mayim, mashtenis, mayim ki similar to a behema. Venasis karla bailo, she becomes like a pillow to her husband in marital relations. This is also part of the claw uh, of chetetzadas. Ve'idoch, the braise before that didn't count these three. Or not the Braise, it was Rav Yitzhak Bar Avdimi. He didn't count these three and he said that it's uh, only ten. Hani Shvachula. These are actually considered to be praiseworthy for a woman. We learn from the uh, animals. From the birds. We become wise from the birds. We learn from the behemoths a positive thing. A preda that urinates sitting down. And it's a, it's a, Rashi says it's an union of tzniyas. It's, it's a positive thing. And these things are not negative things. And you learn wisdom from a bird. What's the wisdom you learn from a bird? Zetarnagal refers to a rooster. He appeases and then he has relations. 
Rabbi Yechanan says, this is the famous Gemara, Ilmalil enitna Taira, even if Taira wouldn't be given, we could learn sneers from a cat, gezel and a mala, and not to steal from an amala, from an ant, from a dove that, that only is, uh, has relations with who he's supposed to. And you could learn that referring to how you have marital relations from a rooster. As was just said. What's the piece of a tarnagal? The Gemara says a very interesting thing. You look at a, a, a rooster when it spreads its wings. So, so he says to the hen, I will buy you a coat that will come down all the way to your, uh, to your feet, to your ankles. And then after the relations, so he doesn't have what to give her. So he bends down his head and he says, you can take off the karbalta, which is the, uh, the, the crown on the head, the crest. You can take off the crest from my head. If I'll have how to buy it for you and I won't buy it for you, take off my crest. So he, he appeases before, he appeases after. This is the derecheretz of a tarnagal. So this Gemara, Il Malal and Itna Taira, it's interesting, it's quoted in a lot of places. In Chassidus, when this Gemara is brought, they always add Chas V'Shalem. Il Malal and Itna Taira, Chas V'Shalem. But there's a order from the Rebbe somewhere where the, Gemara, where the Rebbe asks, what's the gay for the Gemara to say this? Il Malal and Itna Taira. But Pael, the Ebishter gave us a Taira, and it's just a theory. If the Ebishter wouldn't give us Taira, what's the gay? So the Rebbe says, Mikan Raya, that we know that Taira has Eidus Chukim and Mishpatim. The fact that there are certain mitzvahs that have a seichel to them, it's not something that happens to have a seichel. The kavana is that you should be mekayimit with the seichel, with the reason. Chukim, the Ebishter wants you to be mekayimit, not knowing the reason. Mishpatim, a person's going to say, I'm not over on the signal and sin of the Kabbalah seichel. Really, I want to steal, I want to be, but I'm not being over the Kabbalah seichel. No, those mitzvahs that are al seichel, you have to be mekayim al seichel. That's what the Gemara is pointing out, that these are the things you have to learn and know and see that even animals, al have this kind of moral behavior. That's what the Gemara is making this point. Another thing that ever points out in the Sikh is that here in this Gemara is a mocker to the famous Vartu the Balshemtiv that everything in the world, a yid has to learn a hiran, a Hashem. Here's a bunch of animals, and we're telling a yid, look, observe the conduct of the animals and learn from them these beautiful middas. What does that mean? That the Abisha created these animals in the world in order for a yid to observe and to learn from them. Everything in the world is created for yid in Bishvil Yisrael. So this is a mocker to the Vartu the Balshemtiv to learn from the animals in the world. A good Machaydish, a good